Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing into another edition of the Talking Hoops Podcast. It is Ned joined by Traith Leffler. Leff, how are you, my friend? Yeah, man, I am good. Just came back from work. Nice hot weather at the moment. Good time to sit down, watch some basketball, get back up to date with things. Doing pretty well in life, man. How about you? Oh, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, Christmas is all done and dusted left. Fitz couldn't make it to this edition, man, but we will sort of troop on as always. There is a lot to talk about. It's been a minute since we've spoken hoops. And, man, I want to kick things off with the COVID situation at the moment in the NBA. It is just insane i'm pretty sure man if you sort of laced up the the boots you could get out there and get a 10-day contract <laughs> man i um i was practicing shooting the ball the other day man and i i don't reckon i would <laughs> you actually have to be able to hit your shots to do that but i know what you mean it, it's pretty crazy left when you think about it i'm not sort of following some of the other teams i did see lebron came out and said that everyone except for the warriors and one other team have got players out but even the Warriors, they're missing a heap at the moment. There's Jordan Poole and a bunch of others that I, I can't think of right off the top of my head. But with my Pistons, man, we're not good as it is with our starters. We are, have got nine players under COVID protocols at the moment. It is pretty much our G League affiliate playing for the Pistons at the moment. So it's hard to see any of the light at, at the end of the tunnel, if you know what I mean. Mm, I do. It's just crazy how things have been affected. Health and safety protocols. There's so many players around the league. I know not just your Pistons, although your Pistons have been hit very hard recently, but so many players. We were talking about the Warriors. Draymond Green's come out. For my six, we've got... Um, I know Andre Drummond just came out. Danny Green's out for health and safety protocols. Ben Simmons is out for being Ben Simmons and Drama Queen. You know, it's just affecting everything. <laughs> Oh, it very much is. It really puts an interesting sort of spotlight on the whole NBA at the moment. How do you think it's going to affect it left? Do you think it'll be sort of, uh, they've come out and said they're not going to stop the league as it is at the moment. They're going to sort of troop on. But in the, the long run, how do you think this current situation will affect the playoffs? I think we have to look at it from two sides. There's the, the NBA business side of things, and then there is the NBA fan side of things. So the NBA business side, I think the league is going to just say, look, we're going to lose too much money if we if we cancel. They're already losing money as is because ratings are going down because players are out, so they're going to keep things going. Even if they're yeah. signing 10-day contracts like Isaiah Thomas and Lance Stevenson. But then to answer your question specifically when it regards the playoffs, I think basically going into it that we're not really getting a good gauge of any of the teams. You and I have exactly. no idea what your Detroit Pistons, yeah, are going to look like or the LA Lakers or the Brooklyn Nets, for example, because they're so not just injury rattled, but health and safety protocols are keeping so many players out. So really, I think towards the end of the season, unless players are back, we're going to really have no idea who's going to be the real contenders in the playoffs. The one seed could be beaten by the sixth seed if they have all their players like you really can't tell so it's going to be interesting to see well that here's a great example of that right there left is not too long ago the detroit pistons come out and beat the miami heat 
Now, that's not like an everyday. No one's choosing the Pistons at the moment against the Miami Heat, but because of the old health and safety protocols, the Heat had half of their team out. At that stage, we didn't. Bam. You know what I mean? So it's going to really place an interesting sort of landscape on the whole thing, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Like, I, I know as a, as a fan of the NBA in every team, I would never vote no offense, man, or to any Detroit fans, <laughs> but I would never vote for Detroit to win a game against Miami, not the way things currently stand. But isn't that interesting? Turns out that, yeah. you know, starters beat G League players. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. It's going to be a very interesting few weeks until uh, we sort of get to the other side of it, but it's definitely the right time to get the pod back on track left because we have got so much to talk about. The one thing is, is at the start of the season, we were talking about LeBron James, his super team. He's gone out and he's handpicked basically this amazing mega team on paper. I want to talk to you, my friend, about the underachievement of this team at the moment. And there's big, big rumors at the moment they're going to make a move very quickly. Otherwise, their playoff hopes are in, in doubt already. Yeah, man. Look, it is, um, it's very interesting. The LA Lakers, I think you and I and probably every other fan can agree they are underachieving massively. They're currently sitting in the seventh seed and they're basically two games out from being the ninth or the tenth seed. Like... All it's going to take is a couple more losses because I think they they did get a win today, but just previously, or not today, but the other day, but just previously they'd lost five straight. It's taking LeBron James playing like peak LeBron and even then they're not doing so well. I think the biggest thing though is you can point to Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and also the supporting cast. The supporting cast cannot hit a three to save their life. I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, I would agree with that 100% and wholeheartedly there, Lef. Something needs to be done, though, as you take a swipe on that 40, brother. Man, he's swigging back on the long neck. Hell yeah. Something needs to be done here. What, What? If you are the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers right now, what move are you making Otherwise, these guys could be a first-round playoff exit, man. They're, they're sitting a game under 500 at the moment. It's a tough decision. As a, I'm not a GM, so I don't make these decisions. There's a couple ways to look at it. You could either look at revamping the role players around their big trio of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, or you could look at potentially trading. If you wanted to go a really big, you go Westbrook. And I've even heard some rumblings of trading Anthony Davis. Now, I would not trade Anthony Davis in my right mind because you and I both know that when Anthony Davis is playing, he is a top five player, arguably the best player in the NBA. Westbrook is is a different argument. Personally, I would trade Westbrook for whatever you can get him for. The problem is Westbrook is getting paid $40 million this year. Next year, he has a... A player option for $44 million. No one wants to pay Russell Westbrook $44 million at the current stage of his career. And so it takes it takes a specific team, like maybe I could see Cleveland. If actually I don't I don't think Cleveland would trade for him now because Cleveland are too good. I personally I don't know. I would leave the big three and I would try and trade some role players, aim for some younger, more athletic players, and go from there. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. We all, we all agreed at the start of the season that the only problem that the Los Angeles Lakers would have would be staying healthy. I don't think any of us saw this one coming where they just wouldn't click. And they brought in Isaiah Thomas for a 10-day contract, as you mentioned earlier. What were your takes on Isaiah? Did you see much of that? I know he came out absolutely all guns blazing. He had an all right start to it, but then sort of went downhill. And I don't think they – actually, I know they're not re-signing him. That's right. He's um he's been tired getting another ten day contract. Um, look, Isaiah Thomas. He I, I would love for it to be back in the league, but look, he he did came he did come out guns blazing. He definitely came out shooting with confidence. But but when you go two for eleven from the field, and you get picked on by the offense because you're a defensive liability, it makes it yeah. very hard to stay on a team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him there left. So you're saying keep the big three together, trade for some pieces. There's actually, I've seen some rumors getting around because I'm on many Pistons forums that the guys, the Lakers are chasing Jeremy Grant, which would break my heart if that happens. Mm. And they're talking about trading him for some picks and whatever. But you're saying keep that big three together, keep the core and get some role players around them, roll the dice and see what happens come playoff time. Yeah, definitely. It's it's LeBron. We know LeBron can turn it up another notch in the playoffs. If Anthony Davis is healthy, that gives. I mean, if you've got Anthony Davis and LeBron James on a team, it gives you a it gives your punches chance, no matter who it is. But I think you know maybe Taylor a trade around Taylor Horton Tucker. He's young. He's promising. He's making a bit of money. Maybe yeah. throw in a, a pick or two and and see what you can get. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you right there. And personally, I think Westbrook has to go, but you've made some some very valid points there, Left, I don't think anyone's going to pick him up in a, a anytime soon with that sort of money owing. But man, I can't see the Los Angeles Lakers beating either the, you know, the Warriors or the Suns at this point in time. Even a young team like the Grizzlies, I think would have their number in a seven-game series. Denver, it's very much doom and gloom unless something dramatically changes. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I do disagree a little bit just because I've I've been watching LeBron James. It, it, it sort of all comes down to LeBron James. I mean, we know what sort of caliber of player he is. So I, I, I do give them a shot in any series, even against the Warriors or Suns. I think they'd win, maybe not, but I reckon they would push any team to, to seven, really. And I, I think personally, if the Lakers played the Clippers, Nuggets or Grizzlies today, they would win, in my personal opinion come playoff time i'm not sure i'd agree with you there man i'm not i'm not sure lebron is gonna have to play out of his skin every single night which which he has been doing lately he's playing Mm. some excellent basketball at the moment but he's pretty much doing everything to get wins over teams like houston and you're there saying that he's gonna Mm. be like a a gun firing team like the warriors i I, I don't know man it's hey we may know come may may, But, dude, let's switch things up to the Eastern Conference. We're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden. We were talking about this earlier today. They have got a mini super team, and they're, they're, they're going all right, man. They're about where I expected them to be this time of the season. And again, without Kyrie, you're saying James Harden's been trash pretty much all year, but he's sort of found his way at the minute. That is correct. James Harden has been playing like a borderline all-star starter slash borderline bad all-star for most of the season which for most people for most players is excellent but for james harden when you're a perennial mvp candidate scoring multiple time scoring champion arguably top five player for your whole 
for a majority of your career, to be playing like that's a disappointment. Recently, James Harden has strung back some multiple 30-point games, some very high assist games. He had a recent 15-assist game. It seems like he's found his footing. I didn't know how he'd go because of the rules. The free throws really aren't getting called for him, but it seems like he's 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 brought his shooting up to up to par. And look, if James Harden is playing like he's playing now and you've got Kevin Durant playing and Kyrie Irving's also back, he's going to be able to play, I think it's away games. Yeah. That that team looks as deadly as it did at the start of the season. That super team, I, oh, that is, that, that's a tough team to go against. That's a very tough team to go against. I'm not sure. I don't even remember who I picked at the start of the year, but the Brooklyn Nets are my team right now, especially when Kyrie Irving is coming back into the mix, away games only. And you've got to think, man, like he hasn't been with the team. They're going to be in his ear on those away games. He's going to get amongst the wins, amongst the team spirit. Hopefully, he'll get faxed up. Hopefully, something will happen and we'll see him end up playing at home. You bring Kyrie Irving into that that already amazing lineup. They're doing big things. And just on the topic of the Brooklyn Nets and Los Angeles Lakers that we've been talking about left, Christmas Day game. Your boy LeBron took on the Brooklyn Nets, couldn't get it done, and they didn't have Kevin Durant, Trey Fleffler. It was literally Harden and Pat Mills, man. Yeah, it, it's not it's not really a fair matchup though, because the Brooklyn Nets have the best player in the game in Patty Mills. And the Lakers only have LeBron James, so it's not—it's not quite an equal matchup. I—I I, I know what an, in, what an insane game. At least it was a fun Christmas game. But let's be honest, the Lakers did not deserve to be in that game. The only reason they were even close was because LeBron put them on his back with 39 points. They—the role players. Exactly. I think. I think I remember reading a statistic. Yes, I think I—I I think they shot like four for 20 something from the field for three. The role players combined, that's just ridiculous. You, you can't win like that. You cannot win. Yeah. I mean, Russell Westbrook had a bad game too. Shot like two for 11 at the rim, and he's been shooting 60% between zero and three feet the whole season. I, I, I don't know. The, uh, one takeaway I have from that game is that dunk by Nicholas Claxton over LeBron. Oh. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I watched the uh, last part of the game right there, left, and that dunk, that when he posterized LeBron, LeBron sort of, that was very, very nice, man. That's a, that's one we're not going to forget in a hurry. No, that was a nice, that was a sweet dunk. He got up so, LeBron, I mean, LeBron had a good contest. You got to give props to LeBron at 37 for, yeah, yeah you got to give props to him for going for the block, but I mean, Claxton really got him though. He got him. It was good. It was good. Everyone should check it out if you haven't watched it. Yeah, and we might have to post that up on the uh, Facebook page there, Left, because you're right. It was fantastic. But yeah, Brooklyn Nets, you're saying, are they still. Were you picking them to win the East or were you on. I know Fitzy was definitely on Milwaukee Bucks, but I, I still think Brooklyn's a, a shoe in for it. I think I was, I was Milwaukee. I was Milwaukee to start the season. I feel like Fitzy was Nets. Okay, I'm still going with the Bucks. I do believe the Bucks. I, when the Bucks have Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis playing together, they've only lost one game in the whole season. Like, oh, there you go. They are very, very good, and especially because of the current rules. Like I, I think people are underrating how good of a season Giannis is having. He's averaging like 27, 12, and six. On any other season, he would be the, the front runner for MVP. He's only, you know, a couple games behind the Brooklyn Nets, sitting in third. 
they go on a run, they could easily end up in first. I mean, I wouldn't oh, yeah, underrate they, the reigning champion. No, nah, not to be underrated, that's for sure. But I still think uh, Brooklyn have got this. But, you know, I guess still early days and you never know what will happen with health and safety protocols and whether Kyrie comes back. It's it's all very hearsay at the moment. It's all about getting healthy teams on the court, really, Trace. We might not even see it this season. It might be next season before we see, you know, who the best team really is in the NBA once everyone's all healthy once again, man. But let's move on to the all-star voting, Trace. We were talking about it a little bit off there. It is going down on February the 20th, so not too far away. You can vote now. Voting's open. What are you thinking there? Who are your tips? Well, I will give you my starting five from the West. In the two guard positions, I have Stephen Curry and Ja Morant. I think Stephen Curry is a lock. uh, Steph has been insane this season. He's arguably the front runner for MVP. He is the First MVP. Point, he, he, I was going to say that to you before. Steph Curry is hands down MVP of the league right now. I love the enthusiasm. I, I think I, I think he has a really good shot of winning it. It's still early days, though. There's some great candidates like Giannis, like Durant, like Nikola Jokic that we can't take away. But he's definitely the front runner, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. He's just playing insane. He's playing insane. Going on to the second position, though, and I think someone who was very deserving of an all-star position this year, one of our favorite players I know from us three, playing for the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant. He has had oh. an excellent season, an amazing season, such an electrifying player. The Memphis Grizzlies are doing very well right now, sitting in the fourth seed. They are. He, he's deserving. I think he should get a starting position in the West this year, personally. Oh, dude, I agree with that right there. Ja Moran is one of the best up-and-coming players that there is. Did you see his game winner against the Phoenix Suns the other day? Knocked off a fully healthy Phoenix Suns, Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies right there. I was like, hell yeah. It's, he's insane. I did. I did watch that. That that finish in the paint was amazing. That was It was excellent. The only... I, I did have a little bit of difficulty in the guard position for the West... Steph Curry was an easy lock, but there's a there's a lot of good players at the guard position in the West who need consideration. You have players like Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. Th- those two are probably the hardest ones to take away because Damian Lillard's not had a great season. Up recently, Luka had a very good season. Statistically speaking, he's averaging like 25, 8, and 8. But I, I think that Ja Morant deserves the spot over him. Not saying he's a better player, but Ja is having a better season with his team. And so that was my reasoning for picking over him. It actually surprises me that you went away from your boy, Luca. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a Mavericks fan. I'm a 76ers fan. But more than anything, I'm a basketball and a NBA fan. And so I have to be able to look at it from an unbiased point of view. And looking at it, the Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies have been better than the Dallas Mavericks. Not by a lot, but by enough. And Ja Morant is having a great season, a very comparable season to Luka Doncic. And I think it's his year. I, I, momentum's with him. He's a he's he's more on my mind. He's been more in, in the games. And maybe it's recency bias because of his game-winning shot, but I think he <laughs> deserves it. Oh, nice. All right, man. Let's move it along. Who were you saying next? All right. 
the backcourt for the West. I think the backcourt, two very easy players for a lock-in. LeBron James has been playing excellently this year. Even though the Lakers have been a disappointment, LeBron has been LeBron. There's not much else to say. And Nikola Jokic at the center position. Jokic has been the best center in the whole league this year. Bar none. There's no debate. Obviously, I love Joel Embiid, but he's not been as good as Jokic. I think LeBron and Jokic are shoo-ins. Now, the other position, there is a little bit of debate. I think there's a little bit of debate. I personally put Rudy Gobert because I believe that Rudy is having a very good season. He's averaging basically like 16 points, 15 rebounds. He's leading the league in blocks. Oh, I think think he's top three in blocks so far. One of the front runners for Defensive Player of the Year again. He's anchoring a, a, an excellent Utah Jazz defensive team. And he's actually having the best offensive season of his career. So I think he's deserving of that spot. Oh, he definitely what do you is, recommend? man. Rudy Gobert, very, very... Well, I suppose he's just picking up excellent numbers and the Utah Jazz are up there again. They're one of those teams that not many people really get excited about despite having the best record in the league last year. And they're right up there again. What are they, third seed in the in the West? Yep. Yeah, they correct. are. So they actually have the best net rating in the league. Currently, they are actually playing the best basketball out of any team in the whole league. Do not be shocked if the Utah Jazz finishes the number one seed by the time the playoffs come around. Yeah, there over you go. the Warriors and Suns. It's whether or not they can string it together in the playoffs, which has been their trouble in the past. Left, but we'll have to wait yes. and see on that one. As far as my starting five, I haven't done it yet. You're like, oh, just quickly do it before you start. But these things take time, and you've got to think about it. Straight left, love. Man, I ha- but I, Steph Curry will be a lock in there, and I, I tend to agree on Jar Moran as well. I like where you're coming from on those, but man, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one, dude. Let's switch things up to the Eastern Conference. Who do you have in the East All Star team? Alrighty, so starting at the guard positions. Now, I had a lot of difficulty figuring this out. The guard play from the East this year is not very good. Players who you would normally think are lock-ins like James Harden and Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving and other players like Kemba Walker and Ben Simmons. Well, some of those players have just been terrible this year. And then you've had some new additions. Yes. I did narrow it down to two players. I actually picked DeMar DeRozan from the Chicago Bulls and James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, there you go. So hard. And I do like DeMar DeRozan. I reckon he is an absolute lock-in right there. And how much do you think that the Lakers are spewing that they didn't sign him at the start of the season, left? Oh, mate, they are kicking themselves in the guts 10 times over. DeMar has been so amazing this year. He's oh, yeah. he, he literally leads the, leads the league in mid-range shots attempted mid-range accuracy he's shooting better from the mid-range than kevin durant is he averages the most fourth quarter points he's the second most clutch player in the league he's why he's just playing insane and we love the Chicago Bulls, man. That's something that we can all agree on. They're a super fun team. And DeMar DeRozan, I like that. And you've you've whacked in. What about Patty Mills? Does he get a look in there anywhere? Oh, see, Patty, no, no, he doesn't. Patty, Patty's playing well. Patty's playing well, but Patty does not. The problem is Patty Mills' name. And if you look at his statistics, he's actually not averaging that many points, that many assists. He's very, very accurate 
His field goal percentage, his three-point percentage is very good this year. Yeah, sorry, efficiency. The, I couldn't get it in my head. Um, he's right. very efficient, but Paddy Mills doesn't carry the star power to, to get enough votes. And he's he, he's coming off the bench. He should be. If Joe Harris wasn't in health protocols, Paddy would be coming off the bench anyway. He will be when playoffs come around. Um, he, but he, he's playing well. I think the controversial one, though, might be James Harden. What do you reckon about that pick? Well, on star power alone, he'll probably get the pick, the beard in that case, man. But it's it's a matter of who would you have in over him. James Harden at his best is a, a very, very, very good player. So mm. I'm not sure. I, I need to check this one out, Lef. I need to be more on it. I'm, who did you come down to? Who, Like when you were choosing, who else did you have in the mix there? James Harden and who? Well, it came down to about... Or I had about I had about six players I was narrowing it down to when it came to the front court. It was it was Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, yeah. Bradley Beal, James Harden, Trey Young, and brain just went out the window. I'll think of him after. Yeah, You're essentially, after, my biggest. What about Trey Young? That's a great. Yeah, point. I just did not say Trey Young. Yeah, that's oh, wouldn't, you choose, Trae Trae Young. wouldn't you choose Trey Young over Harden? No, I would not. And this is what it came down to. Ultimately, you're right. You've struck the nail on the head. The hardest debate, I, I, I was like, out of the Chicago Bulls, they deserve a player. And DeRozan has been better than Zach Levine by a small amount this year. So I yep. chose him. But then it came down to James Harden versus, yeah, Trey Young. Those two players have both had good seasons. I would say across the board, Trey Young has probably had a slightly better season than James Harden. However, they both started out struggling. Trey Young picked it up a little bit before James Harden, but James Harden has kicked it up a lot better recently. Statistically, they're averaging very similar things. James Harden is a slightly better defender, slightly better rebounder. You could argue playmaker, but James Harden, James Harden is averaging slightly more assists. I just think due to the record of the Brooklyn Nets and the recent play of James Harden, he is deserving. And I think because of the star power alone, he is going to get it. And he is my pick just slightly, just slightly over Trey Young. Trey Young still deserves to be an all-star, maybe just not a starter. Yeah, okay, man. I like that. That's very well explained, Trey. And coming down to the record too, it's sort of hard to look past, isn't it? You got the Nets in at first place, and just looking, I didn't realize that the Hawks aren't even in in playoff contention. At well, they are, but fifteen and eight, they're below five hundred, sitting in the eleventh seed in the East. So, yeah, I'm probably with you there. Yeah, it's good to see you on the same same thought process, though. Just good. I'm not completely wacky with all my thoughts. <laughs> you sold it well there. Yeah. Alrighty. Now, we'll, ma- we'll jump through these. I reckon this is fairly self-explanatory in my opinion. For the yeah. backcourt, I think the two easiest locks, it's a no-brainer. Kevin Durant for the backcourt, he's he's a lock. He will be the easiest choice for, for the All-Stars from the East. I don't think there's any debate there. And, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think Giannis and Durant are both top five MVP candidates. They have one of the best records in the leagues. They're top three in both their conferences. Statistically, they're both averaging exceptional points, rebounds, assists. I think those two are easy. Any 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 qu- queries, questions there? No, I would. I haven't even looked. Like I said, I haven't even looked into it. But those two will be on my team for sure. There's not even two ways yep. about it, my friends. 
and then you can come down to the third and final position for the starter. Now, I, it's not that hard of a choice, but there's a couple people to consider. I, I ended up choosing Joel Embiid for my center position. However, a shock. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. But it, recently he's been playing a lot better and he's still been, I think if you narrow down all the centers or all the backcourt players and centers in the East, Joel Embiid is still the best center. And so that was yeah. my reasoning for choosing him. The other player who I think is a little bit underrated, I don't know if the casual fan knows this, but Jared Allen has been having an exceptional season with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's I think he's averaging over 15 points, 10 rebounds. He's almost averaging a double-double with 20 points and 10 rebounds, but he's having the most efficient season in the league. I think he's shooting over 70% from the field. Defensively, he is great. He has developed a the ability to defend on the perimeter i definitely think he deserves a reserve spot and also shout out to darius garland on the cleveland cavaliers for the guard position darius garland has played very very well this year and i think he's deserving of a spot on 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 the all-star team personally because cleveland's been good they've been really good and a fun team at that as well yeah, I was going to talk to you about the Cavs, and I will agree with you there on Joel Embiid. I think he's uh, locking for sure just on past performance alone left. He's not pl playing too bad, but I, I like your team, man. They're both good. What's more of a shock to you, man? And we'll leave it on this. This will be the last thing that we discussed today, man. Is it the fall of the Los Angeles Lakers and where they sit at the moment? or the rise of the Cleveland Cavaliers and where they sit at the moment? Because both are probably the two most shocking things, would you say, at this stage of the season? I mean, in my opinion, based on shock alone, I think that it's not surprising that the Lakers are where they are now. I think a lot of people predicted that they were going to be injured or play badly or Russell Westbrook wasn't going to be good for them. So I don't, yeah. I, I'm not surprised I mean, I, I am surprised because the Lakers are so star-studded, but I'm not surprised at the same time. But Cleveland, I, I would not have expected Cleveland to be where they were. I would have expected Cleveland to be down with the Pacers, Magic and Pistons, to be honest. They have been yeah, such so a surprise team. They're the surprise packet of the NBA this season for sure. And I think I'd tend to agree with you there. They've got a better record than the Los Angeles Lakers. Who would have thought that the Cleveland Cavaliers come this time of the year would have a better record? And it's by a few games as well, man. So there you have it. That's mm. a it's it's just been a, a crazy season so far, and it's gonna be interesting to see where things go next. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap things up for this edition of the Talking Hoops podcast left? I just want to say, can you believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers might have home court advantage in the playoffs? It's they, unbelievable. They, they might have home court advantage. That's crazy. Looking at it now, like, you know, you've got your Celtics there out, out of playoff contention at the moment. The Knicks are out. The Hawks are out. The Raptors are out. Those teams you probably would have put in front of the Cleveland Cavaliers in a heartbeat. But there they are sitting in the fifth seed in the East, just behind the Nets, who we expected. The Bulls are a little bit of a surprise packet. You know that the Bucks are mm -hmm. going to be up there. They're in the third seed at the moment. And we thought Miami would be pretty good, which they, they have been thus far. They've been a pretty consistent team. Don't write them out either. But there they are, the fifth seed in the East, 20 wins and 14 losses. The Cavaliers, can they keep it up? I think they can. I think they've got good chemistry. I think it comes down to J 
Jared Allen's breakout season, Darius Garland's breakout season. People forget Colin Sexton's not even playing for them. He's been sitting out basically the whole season and he was their best player last year. Um, I think the biggest thing is those veterans. You just get Ricky Rubio is playing amazing yeah. for them. Kevin Love has had such a resurgence. Oh, big shout out to Ricky Rubio. Hopefully he recovers quickly. Um, I'm not sure if you saw during the game, Ricky Rubio went down with a knee injury. He went down with, it looked like a lot of pain. He dribbled into the paint. His knee hyperextended backwards, um, went down instantly, clutching his knee, screaming out in pain. Couldn't walk, couldn't put any weight on it. And apparently it's on the same knee he tore his ACL in oh, 2012. No. So not good left. Yeah, so that's not that's not a good sign. So prayers up for Ricky Rubio. Hopefully he has a quick recovery. But Cleveland has been a surprise. I agree with you about the Bulls too. I would not have said the Bulls would be a a top two seed in the East. That's crazy. No, it's, cra- it's crazy, man. They are, there they are sitting twenty one and ten, well above five hundred. Ten eleven games ahead of five hundred, right there left. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Talking Hoops podcast. I am Ned, joined as always by my boy Left. Fitzy should be back on the next edition. Thanks for taking some time out, Left. Super appreciate it, my friend. Be sure to hit us up on those socials, facebook.com slash Talking Hoops Podcast, Talking underscore Hoops Podcast on Instagram, and we are on Twitter as well. Can't quite remember the name of that, but we'll pop it in the comments section. Left, thank you, brother. No worries, man. Thanks for having me on. Always nice to record a session with you. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.